Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Tuesday edition of the program, our first show of the week. So we can officially say for the first time in a long time, it's game week for IU football as they will open up the season later in the week as they take on Illinois in what is going to be a really important game for a week one game for Indiana. Uh, College football is here. Week zero games in the book. A crazy game between Nebraska and Northwestern uh, in Ireland on Saturday, not only to kick off college football, but to kick off the Big Ten Conference as well. And uh, an early look at Illinois. They were winners on uh, Saturday in their Week 0 game. And there were a handful of uh, future IU opponents that were active in Week 0. So if nothing else, I know it wasn't great football There weren't any great rivalries or any uh, really major games on the Week Zero docket, but it was a chance to look ahead at some of Indiana's future opponents that they will play starting this week with Illinois and future weeks like Western Kentucky and a couple others as well. But glad to have you with us today. College football is here. If we can make it to Thursday night, uh, we're going to have a good start to the Big Ten uh, conference football season. 13 Big Ten schools will be in action week one as this 2022 season kicks off Thursday night. Minnesota, Penn State, Purdue all make their debut on Thursday. The Boilermakers open at home against Penn State at 8 p.m. Minnesota will host New Mexico State at 9 p.m. And then the remaining schools begin play on Friday and Saturday. Uh, Indiana, Illinois, the highlight game from the Big Ten on Friday night. And uh, really a big weekend for the whole week as well. Uh, Friday's game for Indiana and Illinois, it's the 72nd meeting between the two schools in football. The Illini lead the series with a big advantage, 45 wins for Illinois, uh, 24 wins for the Hoosiers, and uh, two ties all-time in the series. But Indiana, uh, and I didn't realize this until reading some of the game notes, Indiana has won the last three games In the series with Illinois, with the most recent coming in 2017, the Hoosiers can win four straight uh, against Illinois for the first time since 1967 through 1970. Uh, Illinois has not won their Big Ten opener in consecutive seasons for the first time since the very early 90s. So uh, college football here, a big start for the Big Ten Conference. I'm excited for some of those games. I'm really interested in the uh, Purdue-Penn State game on Thursday night uh, to open up the conference season in some ways. And then, of course, Indiana-Illinois will be fun on Friday. There's a number of games to pay attention to uh, on Saturday. But just excited this week that college football is here. We've had a a good couple opening weeks to the high school football season. We'll have more on that coming up in just a few moments. But uh, excited that college football is finally here. And I guess for Indiana, 
I have excitement about their game on Friday because of a few things. Number one, it's a huge game. If you look at the schedule, Indiana really needs the victory uh, in this week one opener uh, in conference play to have any chance at all, I think, to be bowl eligible. And somebody asked me over the weekend, hey, you know, what do you predict on wins? What do you predict on bowl eligibility for this team? I think four or five wins at the most. I don't think this will be a bowl team. I just do not. Uh, but it's exciting to open the season and have a chance. And if Indiana wins the game against Illinois, they definitely greatly help their chances of, I think, getting to that all-important six-win total uh, for the upcoming season. And the other thing that is exciting about this team is there just is so many unknowns. And Tom Allen uh, spoke about this in his last media availability at the end of last week. Uh, there are unknowns for fans because we haven't seen anything. We haven't seen uh, the, the spring game. There was no spring game open to the public. We have not seen uh, much from the practices. Summer practices were closed. Very few fall camp availabilities were made for media. So this isn't a team that we go into the season knowing a ton about, to be quite honest with you. And then the other part of the unknown factor for IU football is there were so many losses and so many players that are new and so many young players stepping into key roles and players from the transfer portal that are expected to help or maybe a couple guys from last year that we thought would have big years but were injured. So maybe this will be their year now that they're healthy. Just a lot of unknowns, and Tom Allen said this, unknowns can be exciting. They can also be very challenging as well. So I think these first couple games for the Hoosiers will answer some of the early questions about the unknowns with this team. So just glad college football is here. And, uh, again, some of the better college football that I think we all enjoy are those big Big Ten rivalry games. Those are my favorite of all. Then, of course, you get to feature games on Saturdays as well, which are fun. But uh, glad it's here. And, again, I always say this, but when college football kicks off, uh, yes, it's fun. Yes, I enjoy it. Uh, yes, college football is a great thing. But uh, to me, and I think to a lot of listeners to this show, it means that uh, the start of college basketball uh, is just around the corner. There's a long football season ahead. We're just getting ready to enter the start of September here later this week. But basketball will be here in a few months or, or a little more than that. But that is very exciting, especially with this Indiana team and the possibility that they have for the upcoming basketball season as well. So uh, that's the Open today. Glad to have you with us here on the program. Let's take a look at the show lineup for this Tuesday show, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one coming up here in just a few moments. We'll have our headlines, some news and notes from around IU football, basketball, a couple recruiting tidbits, and a review of high school football from week two, where Charlestown once again was the big headline for Clark and Floyd County high school football. So we'll do that in segment one. Later in the show, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier will join. And with Mike, we'll get into this IU-Illinois game. We're going to have a lot of discussion on that this week, and we'll catch some basketball topics with Mike a little bit later in the program as well. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. The Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502 502-414- 414 
1450 at Summer Cash Bash at Thornton's. Each week, one lucky Refreshing Rewards member will win $10,000 all summer with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app and click on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. And that's not all. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, and many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. Not a Refreshing Rewards member? No problem. Text rewards to the number 80313 today to join. Let's take a look at some headlines. I've already went through a lot of college football stuff, Big Ten stuff, IU stuff for uh, the upcoming week, but high school football over the weekend, Brownstown and Charlestown, that was the big game. Charlestown has not won at Brownstown in a number of years. It's a tough place to play. Brownstown always a very solid football program in southern Indiana. And Charlestown not only went up there and won, uh, but they won so by a score of 30-13 to 13 at Brownstown in Week 2. That is a huge win for Charlestown. It tells me that the Pirates are for real. I fully expect now the Pirates will go on to win the Mid-Southern Conference. There does not look to be competition for Charlestown beyond Brownstown in that conference this season. I also fully expect Charlestown, barring any slip-ups, even though we just finished week two, we got a lot ahead of us, I fully expect Charlestown to be undefeated unless something crazy happens uh, the remaining weeks of high school football. And I think that we've got to look at Charlestown as the area's favorite to maybe have some postseason success. If you look at sectional 32 in Class 3A, uh, I think that uh, there's no question that uh, the uh, Pirates are the big favorite there or or are a favorite in that sectional to make some noise. So uh, Charlestown, once again, the star of the week, and they had a number of key players in that win, as you would expect, uh, over Brownstown. Junior QB, Clay McClellan, he has had a terrific start to the season. He was 9 of 18 passing for 154 yards and threw for three touchdowns with one interception. On the ground, he ran it 17 times for the Pirates for a tally of 127 yards and then an additional running touchdown as well. So just an outstanding performance, an outstanding start of the year. He's going to be an exciting quarterback to watch in the area this season. Uh, But Charlestown, no question about it, uh, one of the big favorites here in the area as far as high school football goes. Other results over the weekend, Charles uh, Clarksville excuse me, took their first loss of the season, but Good news for Coach Bozier and the Generals. They were very competitive, 36-26, the final score at West Washington on Friday. Floyd Central with a tough, tough start to the season. They are now 0-2 with a 45-7 loss to Manuel on Friday night. So week one, it was Louisville Mail, 42-7. Week two, Louisville Manual, 45-7 over the Highlanders. But the good news is things look a lot different in future weeks for this Floyd Central team. They play Silver Creek this coming Friday. That should be a good football game. Floyd Central, an opportunity, I think, to win that football game. And then they start Hoosier Hills Conference play the rest of the way starting September 9th when they play at Seymour. So the Highlanders 0-2. Jeff 0-1. I really thought Jeff would give uh, Seymour a game, and they did. It was 31-28, the final score. I guess what I should say is I thought Jeffersonville might go on the road 
and win that opener, which would have been big for Jeff. They fall short uh, in their opener on week two after their week one game was canceled. New Albany has had a tough start to the season uh, after a competitive, somewhat competitive loss to Bloomington South. In week one, they got drilled 45-7 at Gibson Southern on Friday night in week two. Providence was idle. They're a team really to watch. I've got them on my watch list right behind Charlestown as far as teams that could maybe put something together this season and have a little success in the postseason. Silver Creek 1-1, one one. they picked up a win Friday against Salem 28-12. That's a big Mid-Southern Conference victory for Coach Pappenhaus and his club, and that's where we're at after week two of high school football. Uh, no question, some uh, exciting games ahead, and now Charlestown, can they run the table the rest of the way and finish with an undefeated, undefeated season uh, at Charlestown High School? A couple IU basketball Basketball notes, Jalen hood Shafino over the weekend. We told you late last week he was going to be at the Chris Paul Elite Guard Camp with some NBA players and also other top guards in college basketball. And I really, it's not a camp where you're going to get, you know, a lot of media. You're not going to see a lot. There's not going to be stats or, uh, you know, things come out of that camp like there would be some of the high school stuff. Uh, but I, I was just randomly clicked on a video from the camp uh, on the NBA uh, Twitter account. Uh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker were leading the pickup play, uh, which can you imagine being in the gym for some of that, for some of that offseason play? And uh, in the background, Jalen hood Shafino uh, was I could see him. He was guarding Devin Booker of of the Suns in some live action. So obviously a big weekend for Hood Shafino. I think the takeaway from the Fan Fest a week ago, even though it was such a short scrimmage, multiple people that I've talked to, media fans and otherwise that were there, that little glimpse that they got of the IU team were very impressed with Hood Shafino and his athleticism and his confidence and just a few things, including a dunk that he had uh, in, in the traffic there against uh, uh, the in the little scrimmage uh, at the Fan Fest to close things out. But he obviously is entering the season for Indiana as a freshman with a lot of high marks. Kind of reminds me of Tamar Bates from a year ago. He comes in with that kind of pedigree, but I really think that everyone thinks that Hood Shafino is going to do a lot more than what Bates was able to get done in his first season. So uh, does Hood Shafino start? I think there's a chance that he does. Uh, could he play a key role in a Big Ten comp- competi- uh, competitive team here for the champion Big Ten conference title? Could he play a real role, a competitive role in that team? I think he could, uh, and that's exciting. So Jalen Hood Shafino with a big opportunity over the weekend uh, playing at the Chris Paul Elite Guard Camp. Also, Indiana, a couple announcements from IU here recently. Uh, Molson uh, Coors Beer, the official beer of uh, IU Athletics. And then yesterday, or over the weekend, I should say, it was announced, yeah, actually yesterday on Monday, that Upland Brewing is going to be the exclusive craft beer for IU Athletics beginning with this current 22-23 season. So a lot of alcohol-related announcements here recently for Indiana. Uh, Athletic Director Scott Dolson had kind of a uh, season-opening press conference late last week where he met with the media, just a state of IU Athletics, and we're going to talk more about what he uh, said later in the show today. But he was asked you know, about beer sales at Assembly Hall, basically beer sales 
uh, now available at so many of the sports and some of these new deals with uh, you know beer companies uh, m- make you wonder. And he said that they're evaluating and listening to what fans want. And it just seems like nothing was said to indicate this, but it seems like uh, we are getting closer and closer to beer sales uh, at Assembly Hall, whether that's a couple of years from now or more or less, I don't know, but it does really feel that we are trending in that direction. Also, in case you were wondering, another big sponsorship deal announced by uh, Indiana uh, over the weekend, uh, IU Athletics announced that less than truckload, LTL, uh, motor carrier, uh, Old Dominion Freight Line, uh, is now the official freight carrier of Indiana Athletics. So there you go, some big sponsorships, which come al- along with some big dollar amounts, I'm sure, for uh, this IU Athletics program being announced here in advance of the, I guess you could say, official start of the football season. Uh, some of the others fall sports already off and running uh, at Indiana, but uh, definitely some big announcements there. And uh, a little update uh, from ESPN. Their recruiting rankings were released uh, yesterday. Uh, Ja'Kai Newton uh, is number 72, a four-star, and Gabe Cups number 95. He's a four-star in the uh, in the new rankings uh, at number 95. Indiana's really uh, top remaining prospect that we're aware of right now in the 2023 class. His name is Arrington Page. He's number 52 and also considered a four-star in those new rankings that were released yesterday. And one other note as we wrap up this segment, the Big Ten Network. It launched 15 years ago today. Uh, I remember uh, the start of that. I think uh, the network has completely helped transform uh, Big Ten coverage, Uh, probably has helped other sports beside men's basketball uh, and football as much as anything. I mean, think about all the women's basketball games. And then the other content that allows you to get to know the coaches and hear from some of the players and some of the feature-type programs on the network. Uh, I think it really has been huge for the conference. And as the Big Ten works now and completes uh, has completed a new media deal, you can expect that the Big Ten network is going to play a big role uh, in that as well. But 15 years ago today, the start of the Big Ten network, uh, and of course that was the day where it was a race to see who, uh, what conferences were going to have their own networks. My, how things have changed and how the race has gotten even more competitive since then. That's our opening segments, our headlines. You can send your questions and comments in on the Thornton's text line. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier is next. IU football and basketball on deck. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Tuesday program. Mike Schumann of The Daily Hoosier is my guest. You can read his work at thedailyhoosier.com. 
and you can follow him at daily underscore Hoosier on Twitter. Mike, it is game week for the Hoosiers. The college football season is officially underway with week zero games this uh, past weekend. And I tell you what, I'm excited about Thursday night. If we can make it to Thursday, we've got some good Big Ten action, I think highlighted by Purdue, Penn State on Thursday, Indiana, Illinois on Friday, and a handful of games on Saturday. Uh, I'm ready to kick this thing off Big Ten style and excited about the week ahead. Yeah, it's always interesting for me because I always like feel like I'm not ready from a you know coverage standpoint, like how I'm going to go about covering a season and things like that. But <laughs> there's no denying or resisting that that we are here. And you know, as I take a step back and think of it from a fan's perspective, it is exciting, especially as you said Thursday night. I think that Penn State Purdue game is especially interesting. I it's I feel like. Purdue is getting a lot more attention and credit than perhaps I would have expected that they deserved. And then Penn State seems like they're being underestimated a little bit. So it's like a perfect early test of, you know, where those two teams are at. It's always fun for Indiana fans to watch Purdue and vice versa. So a great start on Thursday to the season, no doubt. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, I've I've said this early in the show today at the very start of the program. You know, excitement anytime a new season is here, no matter what the feeling or the expectation is for a team. And I guess the two things that are really interesting about week one for me uh, is that, number one, Indiana needs a victory. And we think on paper at least and from what we saw from Illinois on Saturday in their week zero game that, you know, this could be maybe a winnable game for Indiana. And if the Hoosiers want any sniff, I think, of bowl eligibility, they've got to start off the season with some wins. Uh, That's number one. Number two, for various reasons, players leaving, injured players last year, newcomers from the transfer portal and recruiting, uh, the fact that Coach Allen shut things down this offseason, there was no spring game, things have been a lot tighter around Memorial Stadium. Uh, there's a lot of unknown about this team. And even Coach Allen said this last week, unknown can be exciting. Unknown can also be a big challenge as well. So for those two reasons, Indiana needing a win and just the unknown surrounding some of the key parts of this football team, uh, I think that's uh, the two big things I'm most interested in this week. Yeah, the, the, there's no doubt on that on that initial point. I, I still haven't gone back and, and taken a look at this, but my, my just gut sense is that Indiana has not had a more meaningful season opening game in a long, long time. And and I say that because yes, they, they opened the season with Ohio State, I believe, in, in Allen's first year. They they opened at Iowa last year. But those were games you look at and you think, well they're gonna have a tough time winning those games and if they do lose it's it's not gonna tank the season. And then conversely, they've had openers like, you know, the Ball States, the Indiana States, and and what have you, where you fully expect to win. Of course, if they did lose, that would tank the season, but but there was never any real fear that that was going to happen. This this Illinois game is, by all accounts, a push. I mean, the line is three points at Indiana, which basically tells you it's being viewed by the the outside world as two very even teams, and, and that seems completely reasonable to me. So, you know, that that kind of segues into Allen, how close to the best he has played everything, going all the way back, as you said, to, to not having a spring game, to not 
naming a starting quarterback. There was no death chart in the uh, media information yesterday, which there typically is on on the first game week to, to open the season. So everything's very close to the best, and and I, I you know, almost daily at this point, I, I hear from frustrated fans about that, you know, about the quarterback situation, like why, why is Indiana so scared and and all this stuff. But if if I really take a step back and put myself in the coaching staff's uh, shoes, I'd probably do the same thing. I mean, what do they gain by naming anything, by revealing anything? Absolutely nothing. So why do it? I get it. I'm glad you brought that up. I said last week the only real advantage for IU is for its fans because you get that big announcement, you get that big push these days on social media when you make that kind of announcement. And, you know, when you turn on SportsCenter in the evening or in the morning and you see yesterday so-and-so announced this player is their starting quarterback and this quarterback from this school won the quarterback battle in the offseason. It was announced by the head coach yesterday. It's fun and it makes you wonder and wish and think about maybe what it could be like for Indiana. But there is absolutely zero reason for the staff, the the program, to make that announcement, especially with a Big Ten conference and a I think a must-win game sitting there for Indiana in this week one. Yeah, you're probably right. There's there's probably a little kind of a news buzz that that would be created. Although I don't think it'd be altogether that significant. But I, I got to believe Coach Allen and his staff believes that the much bigger buzz would be to to win on Friday night and then win their next two, start the season three and zero, and then go probably play in a you know a game where at least Cincinnati's going to be ranked in the end is probably receiving votes at that point if they're if they're impressive in their first three games that that that's where the real buzz is going to get created not just kind of a quick news blip about a, a quarterback that people kind of already have preconceived notions about anyway yeah no question talking with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier Mike uh, let's go back to Illinois this weekend they had a week zero game they won 38 to 6 over Wyoming. I watched bits and pieces, some highlights from that game. Uh, did you watch? And if so, thoughts on Illinois here heading into Friday's game? Yeah, I watched bits and pieces too. You know, going into a season, I, I've got to keep my uh, <laughs> family from uh, disbanding me because I'm going to disappear here and, and on starting <laughs> on Friday night and they won't see me again until March. So, <laughs> I've got to keep my sports consumption, you know, strategic, if you will. But, but I, what I would say is like, you know, going in, my impression of a Brett Bielema team is kind of a, you know, vanilla is probably not the right word, but, but kind of old school, you know, run the football three yards in a cloud of dust. And they, they got a heck of a lot more than three yards out of Chase Brown, you know, who had a monster game. And uh, I thought it was interesting yesterday, defensive coordinator Chad Wilt said he's seen that from Brown firsthand when he was at Minnesota last year. So but that came as no surprise. Um, probably the thing that stood out in the, the bits and pieces I saw was the, the efficiency of the offense. Um, it wasn't big play, but, you know, DeVito at quarterback was very efficient. Um, I think he completed around 70% of his throws and, you know, didn't have any turnovers. So um, I don't think they're going to come to Bloomington and, and make a bunch of mistakes. I, I think you're going to have to get them off the field. I, I think they're 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 going to try to sustain drives and shorten the game. 
make it a, a lower scoring game where, where they have a chance to win in the fourth quarter was kind of my impression of watching them uh, uh, last week. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, uh, talking some IU football here to begin the segment. We talked about position groups and strengths and weaknesses of this uh, IU football team. I think last week I asked you more about areas of concern uh, or unknown for this IU team. W- what will the strengths of this team be, you think? I, I feel strongly that it's the defensive backfield, the secondary uh Specifically, the, the cornerbacks. While while they're not necessarily deep, I mean, I, I don't think anyone in the Big Ten, save for maybe Ohio State, is putting two better cornerbacks on the field on the edge to, to start start a game with Taiwan Mullen and Jalen Williams. The the big question there is kind of who fills out that that depth piece, and that that might be something we don't know until uh, Friday. One uh, one of those mysteries, um, you know, and then in the at back in the safety spots, you got Devon Matthews and, and Bryant Fitzgerald. I was going through when I went position by position, but the realization hit me that on the defense as a whole, they, Indiana is going to probably start every player will be at least a fourth year player. There'll be fifth and sixth year players mixed in. Um, some of, some of that's a byproduct of the extra COVID year, but I mean, when it comes to experience, uh, I, I don't think anybody in the country is going to be able to rival what Indiana puts out on the field to start the games. And they've had a couple of good recruiting classes here in the last few years that will kind of provide that depth behind that. Uh, if I had to make a, I don't even think this is like a bold statement or prediction, but if I had to make a, a statement that I'm not hearing a lot of people make. I, I think Indiana's defense can be sneaky, very good this year because of that experience, because of the depth, because Tom Allen's back calling the plays, because they, they learned some lessons from a year ago about the, the style that they played. They got away from playing zone coverage where, where the DBs had eyes in the backfield all the time. Um, they also had a ton of injuries last year. Mullen went down, uh, Reese Taylor went down, uh, Cam Jones and Devon Matthews both missed some time. So I really think this defense, it may not be 2020 good where they were creating three interceptions every game, but I think it has a chance to, to really kind of reestablish its identity as a playmaking unit, especially driven by that backfield. All right, uh, let's transition from football to basketball. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier joins me on Tuesdays. I saw a video from the Chris Paul guard camp with uh, a lot of NBA guys and some of the very best guards for college basketball in the upcoming season. And the video was focused on Paul and then also Devin Booker in the background as a game was being played or a pickup game, I think they called it. Uh, And there's uh, Jalen Hood Shafino guarding Devin Booker of the Phoenix Suns. So what a big weekend for Hood Shafino. A lot of excitement from the fan base about him. I think he was kind of the in a little brief scrimmage uh, last week at the Fan Fest. Uh, just his confidence and athleticism. He had a big dunk. He was kind of the star, I think, of that scrimmage in some ways. But uh, he's a hot name. There's no question among IU fans right now. And uh, I can't think of a better way for him to prep for the upcoming season than working with Chris Paul and playing and guarding Devin Booker and other NBA and top-level college players. Uh, what a weekend. What an experience for him. Yeah, no, no doubt. I, I, had, I saw that video of him guarding Devin Booker, and, and I had to 
kind of correct myself as I was watching. I was like, wow, he's getting lit up. And then I was like, okay, that's Devin Booker. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he was actually in good position almost every time. It just shows you really how good Devin Booker is. But, you know, yeah, I mean, just getting that experience against that caliber of players, being around them, learning how they prepare, what their, their work habits are, that's absolutely a, a great weekend. And and he and Huchifino is that guy kind of coming into the season. It's always fun when you have a recruit like a Romeo Langford, like a, you know, like a James Blackman Jr. I'm just thinking of like guys that, you know, had a lot of hype and attention coming in that, you know, you were just kind of really excited to see how it was going to translate on the court in November when, when the lights came on and they started playing games. I think Huchifino is that guy because everybody kind of has a sense that, that he could end up starting, if not from day one, you know, by some point in the season. You know, there's there's noise about him, you know, developing as a shot maker. And we saw a little bit of that, as you said, at the Fan Fest. And so, yeah, he, he's just that guy that's got a lot of buzz and attention. And, and what, what I think is most intriguing about him is his size. He's, you know, they list him as 6'6". I'm going to say he's 6'5", but he's built like a – a running back, um, very good defender. You know, I think Paul Biancardi of ESPN said he was the best defender in the class. Uh, so, so I think, you know, one of the things you think about missing from last year is Rob Fennessey's defense that they relied on a lot, especially late in games. I think Huchifino can come in and fill that role and maybe even, you know, supplement it or enhance it a little bit with, with the size that he brings. You think about him guarding like a six-foot point guard. I think there can be some nice advantages there for Indiana playing alongside Xavier Johnson, another great defender like Trey Galloway. I think they have a chance to be very good. But, yeah, I agree. I'm I'm definitely intrigued and looking forward to watching Huchifino on the court in November. Absolutely. And, you know, getting away from basketball, but I guess staying in that realm with Assembly Hall, there have been a, a couple big announcements recently by IU Athletics that had to do with sponsorships for the upcoming year. And it's just that time of, of, of the year when those things are announced in advance of the season. But a couple of them have had to do with beer. Uh, Upland Brewery uh, is the official craft beer now of IU Athletics, and Molson Coors Beer is the official beer now of IU Athletics. And there's also been an announcement that beer is going to be sold at some additional sports, but basketball and Assembly Hall – uh, nothing yet. Scott Dolson, the AD, met with the media last week kind of as a season opening uh, media availability, and that was one of the things that came up is uh, the future of beer sales at Assembly Hall. Is it a possibility? And obviously he didn't give an answer, but it just seems to be trending that way. What are your thoughts on beer at Assembly Hall uh, given these announcements recently? And uh, what did Scott Dolson have to say about that topic when he spoke with the media? I think he just teased the possibility. So he said that they're they're looking at it as an option. Um, it's always been an interesting topic for me because, you know, as many times as I've been in the building, I've I've never sensed a, a shortage of energy or or passion. And it's just the interesting part is what would alcohol do to 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 that environment? It would no doubt change it. Um, I, I I'm not necessarily. I don't have a like a strong feeling for it or against it i agree with your notion that it's it seems inevitable at this point um you just you you worry about things like you know like the purdue game last year with the court storming there's been all kinds of things with like things thrown on the court and you, you just worry 
thing about things going in the wrong direction. But, you know, at the end of the day, you just got to treat adults like adults and let things go where they go. Absolutely. Scott uh, Dolson had a lot to say about the upcoming year. He covered a ton of topics and uh, very appreciative, I think, that uh, that he does things like that. And Fred Glass did the same. But anything else, uh, any other topics that he covered or brought up? I mean, obviously football and the, and the game on Friday was the big reason for the the uh, the opportunity to hear from him, but he covered some things non football as well, including NIL. But uh, any anything stand out to you about what he had to say? He covered a lot. Yeah, I mean, on, on the football topic, the, the season ticket sales was definitely something I was interested in and wrote about yesterday after he said it. I was I was very curious how season ticket sales held up after after last year because this I had the sense talking to fans that there's just so much skepticism around the program, which is really bizarre to me after as well as they played in 2019 and 2020. I think it's just a natural IU football fan instinct to, to be skeptical. So it was interesting to hear him say that 98% of season ticket holders renewed and they actually had an uptick in, in student season ticket sales. So, um, you know, another point as to why this first game is so important, if, if they win it, they can keep that, that base. People keep showing up for the next couple of weeks and beyond potentially if, if they keep stay in the hunt for, for six wins. But, but otherwise, you know, he was just talking about NIL and, you know, Scott, I, I, got a chance to talk to him briefly yesterday after after he gave that press conference and I I just joked with him it's like man you have just kind of stepped into a crazy couple of years here because you his his tenure started with COVID he's had NIL he's had conference expansion he's had the new media rights deal I mean it's just one thing after another since, since he's taken over um NIL is probably the the, the craziest thing he's probably spoke the, the most about that. And that's what he said to me specifically was, you know, this NIL stuff is just crazy right now. Cause I, I just think there's so much gray area and also so much intense competition to be first and to be relevant in that area that the, they're trying to figure it out pretty much on the fly right now. And I think he was pretty much open to that. That's kind of is what is going on right now. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, with us uh, Tuesdays as we talk IU football and basketball. I want to bring up recruiting as well today, Mike, from a basketball standpoint. I saw the new rankings out from ESPN and the new 247 composite, which is really what I pay attention to when it comes to these national rankings and where Indiana's at. Arrington Page is the lone guy that I'm aware of. Indiana still is really in the hunt for uh, it looks like it could be maybe you told us this last week a potential springtime or late in the high school basketball season decision for him uh, is there any other movement out there in 2023 I mean so much of the headlines with recruiting right now is visits from younger guys and the in-state 2025 guys that are red hot and and moving into national rankings as they are updated and that's going to just continue to the buzz around them but anything out there in 2023 that you're hearing or you're finding out about that can maybe tell us where Indiana's looking or what path they might go outside of Arrington Page uh, to round out this uh, this current class? No, I'm, I'm not really hearing. I mean, you hear names like as a staff, you, you've always got a, a list of guys you're serious about, other guys you're keeping eyes on. There, there are those guys you, you hear about that they're, they're kind of – 
they've got on the back burner they're they're keeping eyes on but but obviously we're we're pretty late in the 2023 cycle at this point it was especially early committing class because of things like the transfer portal where guys wanted to secure spots before you know spring came and guy other guys took those spots out of the portal so you know i i I, I suppose a name could still pop. I, I think the most likely path for that happening is a coaching change in, in the spring like we've seen in the past. If I said last week that, that Paige was a late high school season or spring decision, I, I misspoke. I, I think, you know, based on my post-visit interview with him back in, in July, he, he said he, he's looking at a September time frame. So that, that could come any time in, in the next month. And, and I think if you plug him into Indiana's class on in the latest 24-7 composite rankings, you're going to find that that him along with Newton and Cups gives Indiana a top 10, you know, maybe when it all shakes out, top 20 type class. So I, I think they're a long way towards where they would need to be if, if they were able to get him. And then, you know, then you have the portal and any you know, spring shakeups to kind of round things out from there. And Mike, maybe I'm attributing that to you, and it it wasn't. Uh, we had a number of people on talking recruiting this time of year. It seems so. Uh, my fault on that. I'm I'm sure you did not give us bad info. But speaking of Page, who are the chief competitors? If a decision could be looming in the next month or so, uh, who does Indiana have to beat out? Well. Certainly one they have to beat out is Miami of Florida, where he's at at this moment. Um, that was, again, that, that visit was no surprise. That, that's one he told us he was going to take right after his Indiana visit. And uh, I don't think he's going to take any more. He's also been to Cincinnati. He's been to Southern California. I believe he also went to Missouri. So if you're looking for a kind of a, a top five, I, I think that's probably it because that's the ones he actually visited. All right, Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, with us Tuesdays. Mike, uh, glad college football is here. Uh, glad you're figuring out your coverage because the dailyhoosier.com is a great source for that, a free source for that, by the way, as well. And uh, we will talk with you next week when we'll be able to review the performance of IU football against Illinois, and we'll be able to preview their Week 2 contest as well. So I look forward to that. Uh, enjoy uh, the opening weekend. Thanks, Matt. Always enjoy it. Good All talking right. to you. Absolutely. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. And we'll head to a commercial break. We'll be back with our final segment, a week ahead, a look ahead, I should say, of the week three high school football schedule. Some interesting games this week as well. It's early in the season, still trying to figure everything out about the local landscape. But as mentioned earlier today, there's one thing we know for sure. Uh, that's that the Charlestown Pirates are for real this year. And uh, we'll discuss that and the upcoming schedule for this Friday next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Tuesday program. To close things out, let's look ahead at Friday night and week three already of high school football here in our local area. And I tell you, I've said this before, and I'm sure I'll say it again, especially when the conflict 
is with IU football, but I absolutely hate Big Ten football on Friday nights here in the Midwest and the state of Indiana and beyond. It's always been that one protected, it used to be at least, that one protected night for high school football to be played across the area where it can be uh, what really the focus is that evening uh, from a sports perspective. And again, in the Midwest, football is so very big at the high school level, um, maybe even more so than the state of Indiana and other local states. But uh, this IU-Illinois game smack dab right on top of week three, uh, here in the area, and I hate that, but this is the one time uh, for the season that we'll have this conflict. So uh, IU and high school, a conflict this week, but some interesting games. Charlestown has been the headline, a lot about them earlier in the program. They'll be at Clarksville in uh, week three. That should not be a challenging game for the Pirates. In fact, the rest of the way, really, there aren't many uh, challenging games, I don't think, on paper for Charlestown uh, the rest of the way. Clarksville, uh, obviously they will play and host Charlestown over the weekend. Floyd Central gets back to a more normal level schedule the rest of the way. They take on Silver Creek on the road Friday. I like that game. I think it'll be a good game this year. And as I've mentioned previously, uh, kudos to both schools for getting that game on the schedule and kind of giving us another local non-conference rivalry game here in the area after we've lost so many of the rivalry games with Providence not playing New Albany, Jeff, and Floyd Central anymore. And there have been other games we've lost from the local schedule as well. Jeffersonville, uh, week three, but just their second game of the season as they host Bedford North Lawrence coming up on Friday night. Uh, Bedford over the weekend lost to Bloomington North to fall to 0-2 on the year. So uh, this should be a game that I think Coach Parker and Jeffersonville get this weekend. New Albany, I know that they're glad to be in the Hoosier Hills Conference starting uh, this week with games in the conference the rest of the way. Uh, New Albany at Jennings County after a tough 0-2 start, losses to Bloomington South and Gibson Southern. New Albany will host or play at Jennings County over the weekend. Uh, Jennings County 1-1. One one. They've got a big win over Brown County, 46-6. Was, that was from Friday night. And then they lost 28-0 to South Dearborn in week one. So New Albany, I think, as they get into conference play, will end up being very competitive this season. Providence had an off week with the Rock Creek game canceled as Rock Creek uh, has moved to an eight-man football schedule. And Providence looks to continue the start of their season in a big way after a 48-36 win over Bardstown, Kentucky, Bethlehem to open the season. It'll be Providence hosting Lloyd Memorial coming up on Friday night. So uh, of the two first games, both of them Kentucky opponents for Providence, and I think they've got a chance to reel off some wins here. Lloyd Memorial I think will be a tough opponent, but a winnable game for Providence. Then they've got Clarksville. That could be a win for Providence. And then, of course, Charlestown will be a tough one, but definitely some winnable games uh, the rest of the way for Providence on their schedule. Uh, and that's a look at week uh, three of the high school football season. Uh, and again, I think as we get into conference play, especially the Hoosier Hills uh, conference, a lot of teams have conference games this weekend, and most of them have conference games the rest of the way uh, in the HHC. We'll find out a lot more about some of our local teams. But I think that uh, New Albany and Jeff can get wins this weekend. Floyd Central possibly uh, this weekend as they play 
Silver Creek, uh, and that will be the uh, the look at the area, the way things uh, are scheduled here in week three of the season. That's going to wrap up this Tuesday edition of the program. Glad to be back with you today after no show yesterday. Had a long weekend, was out of town. But we'll be back every day at 11 o'clock this week. We'll take you all the way up to the weekend and get you set for the IU-Illinois game on Friday night. And, of course, high school football this week as well. Uh, catch us as a podcast if you missed the live show. We're available on Apple Podcast and wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Back with you Wednesday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.